The following program is produced and furnished in conjunction with Mark Amtower of Amtower and Company, which is entirely responsible for its content. This is Amtower Off Center on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Every week, author, speaker, consultant Mark Amtower gives you his take on what's going on in the world of federal marketing. Now, your host, Mark Amtower. Welcome to Amtower Off Center on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'm Mark Amtower. I'm here today uh, with some friends from Emix Group, Troy Fortune, the Vice President and General Manager, and my buddy Rita Walston, who is, uh, uh, I believe the official title is Goddess in Progress. Um, so uh, welcome to the Thank show. Thank you so much, Mark. Pleasure to be here again. Thank you, Mark. And thank you, Rita, for coming back two weeks in a row. I don't know that anybody's done that before. Maybe Larry Allen a couple of years back, but um, that's only because we took one show and turned it into two. Um, we ha- we have some uh, in- interesting things to to discuss today, and they're all going to be around uh, the Government IT Sales Summit, which is coming up November 15th out at the Hyatt in uh, Reston. In Reston, yeah, Reston Town, Town Center. Center, Hyatt Regency, yes. And and busting at the seams, but we'll get into that. Rita, tell people who you are, what you do, please. So I'm Rita Walston. I'm the Senior Director of Marketing Programs at MX Group, which is an aero company. Troy? Troy Fortune, Vice President and General Manager um, at MX Group, um, also an aero company. Uh, basically, I have responsibility for our go-to-market and um, sales strategy at MX. Okay, so um, you've only been there three years. Rita's been there like forever. So tell people <laughs> what you did at the parent company yeah. prior to, please. So as you said, three years at Emix. Um, prior to that, I've got 22 years combined sales experience with um, uh, Aero Electronics. Um, part of that uh, focused on public sector. I ran our NetApp business, uh, which had a big public sector focus. Um, but uh, 30 years in industry and 22 of those with Aeroelectronics. That's he's, cool. He's I, been around the block yeah, a couple of yeah, times. Yeah, and I, I like the, the NetApp tie-in because uh, Emix and NetApp paid for training that I did for Thundercat uh, about four or five months ago. That's so. value-add right there. I, I love when that happens. I love when that happens, too. we got to get more of that. <laughs> yes, we do. We'll talk about that offline. Right now, I want to talk about the summit, and and Rita, this one's uh, going to go at you. This is year five for the summit. Uh, I've attended each so far. I'll be back this year. I'll be speaking uh, panelists again uh, this year, uh, for which I thank you guys. Um, but the 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 idea of the summit number one was overdue when you came up with it. But what drove the decision from the Emix point of view? Well, we really wanted to have a place where we could have the IT manufacturers, solution providers, and partners all come together. And I will say that in 2014, which was the first year, we had a goal of between 400 and 450 attendees. We were at the McLean Hilton, and we ended up with 723. So talk about bursting at the seams. We moved out to the Hyatt Regency, and these days we tend to run between 925, 975 attendees. And uh, Troy, I thought you put it really well about what we're trying to do with the partner community and for the partner community with the summit. Yeah. So there's several events that take place and they're great events, uh, taking nothing away from them, but that it's usually an event that's led by a specific technology or a specific supplier. Um, and then it will include partners as, as part of that event. 
Uh, this event to me is the first one, and we have uh, our charter inside of MX's Partner First. And what that means is everything that we, we do and, and how we do it starts with the, the, the partner's best interest in mind and, and how they do business and how we can make them, make them successful. So to me, the unique part of, of our summit is that it is somewhat agnostic. We have some great supplier sponsors, um, but it's led by IMIX, right? So it's, it's being, bringing together the best of, of the partner community and a supplier community in a little bit more of an agnostic environment. Yeah, and from my point of view, you're bringing together BD, sales, marketing, CEOs for the mid-tier and the smaller companies. I don't know the CEOs of larger, I don't know where they congregate. Yeah, you don't necessarily get the CEOs, but you do get the, the difference makers that, that reside in, in our marketplace, right? You'll get the VP of sales, you'll get the channel leadership, you'll get sales leadership. I think one of the best things and best parts of this event is the actual networking that takes place. And to me, it's great to have the VPs there, but when you can get the actual reps from the supplier and the, and the RDs and the DMs uh, with, with the selling forces from this, uh, the suppliers or the, the partners um, selling force, that's where the power takes place. That's where the planning takes place. That's where you make those connections. Um, again, focused on, on, on partner first. It's a big part of the, 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 the summit is making sure that we make those connections. And we make sure, too, with the content that it's actionable. This isn't cocktail conversation. This isn't something that, okay, well, I just have these wonderful stats that make me sound smart. But we really bring together our experts from our market intelligence team, but then industry experts like you, Mark, for the marketing panel, different folks who are either currently in government or have recently left government and really can provide that actionable information for how can industry help agencies achieve their mission goals. And then that networking, those that you know, putting those relationships together is really critical to what we do in our business. So the summit provides all of that, all in one day, all in one place. Yeah, and that's dead on for me because the reason I go to events generally is not the education portion. That's kind of icing on my cake. Networking is key for me. Um, not that I'm averse to the education, but you know, there's there's limited venues for me to go to as a marketing person to learn about the marketing stuff. So the fact that you've incorporated that into your program and the gain program is literally two weeks before, um, that that's great. Um, so, um, what is, is there, let's, let's back up. You even have in the opening sessions, uh, a one-on-one session selling to the government one-on-one. So, for the new resellers that you're partnering with and, and helping, you're you're providing education that's you know really very granular uh, for the beginner. Yeah, our very first year, you know, when we open up the summit, we have our DOD budget briefing. So for this year, for instance, it'll be the 2019 DOD budget, followed by the civilian budget. Um, for folks who are attending the summit that maybe are not actively selling to DOD or actively selling to civilian, we said, well, what are some educational sessions that we can have going on concurrently that would be of interest to them? So we took our fundamentals of selling to the government, kind of condensed it into a one hour and 20 minute session. And we thought, okay, well, we'll, we'll put this in one of the rooms. And we ended up with standing room only that first year. I don't know if you remember, Mark. I do. I walked by. It. Yeah. People were literally like clinging to the door jam and trying to peer their head around the door jam. 
So um, we put it now in one of our biggest rooms, and we have a number of folks, partners and manufacturers, systems integrators, that will send their, their newbies there to really learn about those fundamentals. I, I want to just add on to that. It, it is great curriculum. It's great content. Um, and we do, as you said, Rita, um, kind of condense that down for uh, the day of the summit. But that is something that we offer to um, our partners and our suppliers on an ongoing basis. Absolutely. So it's it's one of the value adds that we bring, again, in this concept of partner first is that enablement. And not all partners um, are going to take advantage of it, but we do have suppliers that will literally take, uh, take over an entire course for new people that they're bringing in. So it's... Uh, Tremendous content and, and available, you know, year round. Well, because as you know, Mark and Troy, selling to the government, it's an entirely different animal. I uh, I do some training for our new employees, and I tell them that selling to the federal government, it's not just another vertical in the U.S. market. It's like selling to a different country. And if you were going to go to Portugal or Japan, you would do more than just translate your brochures into Portuguese and Japanese. There's a whole different language, a whole different way of going about business. And if you don't know that language, if you don't know how you're supposed to go about it, you can lose a lot of deals. So that kind of education we think is is very useful to our partners and suppliers. When Max Peterson was at CDW, told me about this meeting he had with a, uh, a manufacturer that wanted to come into the market and the manufacturer was going, we got to get on this quack and that quack. And it, <laughs> it took, took Max about two minutes to figure out that he was saying chi-whack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't know our acronyms, yeah. I'll go out sometimes to uh, our home office in Denver and they're like, why do you folks always talk in so many acronyms? I'm like, well... Do you know the federal market? So, And if we spelled it out, you still wouldn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> well put. All right. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. And we shall return right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on federalnewsradio.com, part of the Federal News Network. I'm here with Troy Fortune and, uh, and Rita Walston, both of Imix Group. And we're, we're talking uh, specifically about the upcoming Government IT Sales Summit, but broadly about selling uh, IT products and services to the government uh, that, that impacts the outcome. So, Rita, what, what else is new uh, at, at the summit this year? So in the afternoon, the past few years, our cybersecurity session has been so popular. Our IoT session last year was so popular that we – literally again had standing room only and the hotel was uh, kind of threatening to call the fire marshal before they'd bring any other chairs in. So we're giving it a bigger space this year and cybersecurity will be a super session. IOT will be a super session in the afternoon. So we're very excited about having that because we're just really seeing a lot of interest, particularly in IOT as a technology. Yeah, IOT uh, for us, uh, you know, being part of the aero organization or aero electronics is, is really important. Uh, there's a lot of emphasis being put on that um, from a corporate perspective. And I think although we might be a little bit ahead of the curve on IOT in, in public sector, it's actually going to, I think, have a profound impact, uh, especially out to the edge and especially uh, in DOD. And, and a couple of other areas that I think we'll touch on uh, is some of the things that we're seeing change in the industry right, right now and trends especially, for, again, focusing on the partners is that, that concept of, of solution selling, right? Gone are the days of, you know, supporting a specific point product or two, right? Um, I think our partners are getting pushed to focus more and more on, on business outcomes. Um, and I think IoT will be one of the ones that we can definitely help them with in that, trans, that transition and that transformation. 
Um, one comment I wanted to make, and, and I, I picked this up actually at another uh, event that I was at. Um, for example, in focusing on business outcomes, one of the things that we'll spend a little bit of time on is this, this concept of app migration at some of the agencies. Um, and there's definitely a lot of legacy things that, that our partners are facing that they have to address. If you look at a specific or individual on average Fortune 500 company will, will employ or deploy about 100 to 150 applications that they're using. Um, the U.S. Navy right now supports 3,000 of them. Right, so when we talk about helping our partners focus on you know business outcomes and and where to spend their time, that concept of, of app migration is going to be important, and I think that plays right into that machine learning, AI, and IoT concept that we're going to be talking about at Summit. Okay, what else is new? Well, I'm really excited about our keynote. So this year we have Carrie Lorenz, who was the U.S. Navy's first female F-14 Tomcat fighter pilot. This woman is amazing. So um, she will be keynoting for us. She wrote a book called Fearless Leadership. And what I love about Carrie is, one, you know, she's very dynamic, um, but she brings not only her own personal experience to the fore with this, but she's talked about, talked to business leaders around the globe, actually, and has written, how does fearless leadership translate to your sales teams? And and how do you really take all of that and and move your sales teams forward to move your business forward? So we're really excited to have have Carrie Lorenz as our as our keynote this year. Yeah, and uh, books again. We will be having books again. Yep, I've ordered five hundred copies. Only five hundred. Uh, You're gonna have a million people. Well, <laughs> first come, first served. We uh, this I'll time be there we uh, six. we go we we ship them out to her home. So I figured she'd uh, get a little bit of writer's cramp if we had them all in their hotel room the night before. So uh, she's working on autographing them as we speak. Yeah, I would I would say of of anything that we're doing there, um, having to get a chance to see her uh, speak uh, before, very powerful message, um, and, and just somebody we're super excited to have. Cool. So um, beyond the the well, let, let let's let's talk about you know how how the sessions themselves are going to empower. The people we already talked about the, the you know the sales sales session, the other sessions are going to provide contract data and agency specific data. Correct. So okay. we do have a contracting session. Contracts are changing. Um, you need to stay ahead of it. We really have the experts at MX Group who who stay ahead of all of this, know how to make sure that sales folks can focus on selling. And let our people worry about what's going on with the contracts, but kind of give you that fundamentals, the basis of what's going on right now with the contracts. And then the other afternoon sessions are really focused around what are the agencies doing now? What can they tell us about how industry can help them achieve their goals and achieve their mission? So it's good to get that actionable information. Again, this isn't cocktail conversation. It's what do you need to know? Um, How can you work together? How can some of these partners work together and the suppliers work together and the SIs work together. If you look at something, for instance, like CDM, where you've got the four defense systems integrators, they're looking for different technologies to help uh, the agencies solve their mission. So all of that is available through these, these different sessions. And then, of course, we have the networking reception at the end, where we've got more than 50 of these companies exhibiting. So you can really see kind of the cutting edge solutions and how does all of this fit in with, with what you're doing? 
Yeah, I wouldn't want to overlook the networking aspect of it. I think the feedback that we get has been very positive on the, the summit overall. But one of the things I think that people enjoy the most um, is the opportunity to uh, to network. Again, we're bringing together some of the best suppliers and partners and and experts together in one spot. Um, and that networking opportunity is uh, pretty powerful. It's something that you know people get, give us a lot of good feedback on. It is the one venue every year where I see more people that I know in the market than any other. One of my favorite testimonials that we had, you know, when we do the feet on the street interviews, uh, I think it was somebody from BAI who said, if there's somebody you've been trying to get hold of and you haven't been able to find him or her, chances are they're going to be here and you can find them here. So uh, I love the fact that we've built that kind of event where people not only get the information to help drive their business, but they're able to make those connections, strengthen those relationships, build new relationships that are going to drive business, drive revenue, and, you know, in the end, help the government do their job. Yeah. And, and you know, one of the cool things about the, the agency-specific sessions, if you want to do business with an agency, either as a, you know, prime sub or product supplier, uh, you go into that room, you don't look at the speaker, you look around the room to see who else is there and the likelihood is the people that you want to partner with same thing are in that room so rather than look at all thousand or however many people are going to show you've now narrowed it down narrowed it down to a couple of hundred but it it helps you focus on the people who are interested in the same things yeah i've heard anecdotally so many times year after year where you'll have some small emerging technology, for instance, exhibiting there. And somebody else will come by and say, wow, I had no idea you did that. That really dovetails with what we're doing. And if, you know, we're peanut butter and you're jelly, let's go make a sandwich, you know? So um, we hear about that anecdotally year after year after year. We hear about partners who are looking for new suppliers to add to their line card that are either complementary to solutions that they're already offering, or maybe they want to branch into some new area of technology. And so they use this as an opportunity to vet all those different technologies, kind of the one-stop shop, see what's out there, see what kind of a program it is, be able to talk one-on-one and see if there's a there there. And so then a lot of follow-up meetings happen after that business gets done. You know, we know that we're a pretty insular community. We're a pretty small so business. The gene pool. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so getting to know who's there and if there are any uh, new genes entering the pool right. with new technologies. Yeah, we, we, we welcome new genes. Uh, they just abs- have to be smart. <laughs> Absolutely. So this is a great opportunity to find out about what is out there and, and how maybe can these things play together. Yeah, it's not just our emerging uh, suppliers that look for that opportunity as well. I mean, we're we're dealing with currently, you know, roughly 300 suppliers and about a thousand um, active partners right now. So any opportunity we can get, and we don't get many that are, you know, this this kind of closed loop, you know, to make those connections, um, we got to take advantage of that. And again, I said it earlier; I'll say it again. It, it's one of the things that we get the most positive feedback on is that opportunity um, to network and and make those make those connections. So I, I want to clarify there, 300 and, and 1,000, you have 300 OEMs that you represent for the market, and the 1,000 is the rest of the channel? Correct. Without making too close a forward-looking statement, it's roughly 300 suppliers or yeah. OEMs that we deal with and uh, about 1,000 active channel partners that we, we work with. Cool. Yeah. That, that, that covers a fair swatch of the market. It should. So. 
it's a, it's a pretty good side cheese and pool. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, but I mean, you know, the the people you're playing with there, unfortunately for some of the suppliers, you know, you have people of greater or lesser knowledge of the federal market yes. depending on how long they've been in it. And those people tend to get swapped out more than the channel partners. Yeah, they, they do. Um, but again, I think that's one of the roles that we play. I mean, we a lot of the suppliers that we'll work with or the OEMs that we'll engage with, right, it might be just establishing, you know, a public sector practice, right? And that's where we come in, right? We can help guide that conversation. We can help lead them into the marketplace in, in, in a gradual way. Because I've seen a lot of the OEMs come out here, you know, hire a person and put up a shingle and say they have a public sector practice. I think you've probably seen that yeah, as well. Yeah, we've seen that. <laughs> so that's one of the values that we play. Likewise with um, you know some of the partners. Uh, not all partners are created equal, and we have partners that you know may have a certain vehicle, certain contract status, um, and again, in a spirit of partner first, we're going to do everything we can to make sure that our partners are successful. Um, we're not going to compete with our partners in the marketplace, and we're going to help our partners navigate. Um, you know, what can at times be kind of a complex and bureaucratic system. So, Indeed. All right, we're going to take a break. You're listening to Amtower Off-Center on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. I'll be back with Troy and Rita right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off-Center on federalnewsradio.com, part of the Federal News Network. I'm here today with Troy Fortune, Vice President, General Manager of Imix Group, and Rita Walston, Goddess in Progress. Actually, she's the marketing guru for Emix, and um, I, I do a lot of writing and speaking about uh, content marketing and how companies should leverage. I'm actually speaking uh, uh, twice in in uh, October on that one to an SDVOSB group, um, <clears throat> but the example that I use when I'm talking about this is the resources page at the emixgroup.com. Website. So go to imixgroup.com, click on the resources, and the drop down menu starts with like white papers, case studies, e news, uh, webinars, the blog. But, you know, there, there's not only are there a variety of platforms that you're sharing information on, and not only do you encourage your partners to leverage that information, the blog itself covers a myriad of topics. And you have not one blogger, but I think the last count I had was like 16, uh, maybe more. Um, and, and that is just absolutely cool. So when, you know, I kind of joked about this in, in between takes, you know, when you have those newbie companies coming in, you know, just aim at the MX blog for their initial education. Yeah, I I think if it's a newbie company or a well-established company, there's there's a vast amount of resources that are out there, and they're out there for one reason, right? It's to empower our suppliers and our partners, um, and that content you know crosses several different topics, and it's all free, right? We've helped yep. compile this and put this together, um, so I I encourage you to use it. And and the, going back to your comment, Mark, about the the number of bloggers is. You know, there's not one single true opinion out there, right? So we try to incorporate that. Uh, and we try to, you know, make that as diverse as possible uh, across those opinions as well. Uh, for any of you that, any of you out there that know Steve Charles, uh, one of our founders, he's not shy with his opinion. He's got some good ones. Uh, but we mix in all different aspects um, of the business and the industry uh, and putting those, those, those blogs together. So please visit the site and leverage that. 
Yeah, with our, with our market intelligence team, members of our sales team, a lot of them have a passion for a particular area of the business or a particular technology, and they really stay on top of that. And we encourage them then to, to blog on that. Um, and particularly now, you know, when we were looking at continuing resolutions and what's going to happen with the budget and where is this all going, it's great to kind of get those perspectives and, and somebody to really kind of do a deep dive and, and to say, well, here's what we think is going to happen based on what's happened before and having those different voices. And we do like to hear from our partners and our OEMs, our suppliers as well, you know, what do they need to learn about? What, what are they looking for? Um, I hear the term about looking for a needle in a stack of needles, and our folks are very good at that. So it isn't just us talking at our constituents, if you want, at our partners, but we're hearing from them. What do you need to know more about? Where can we find some subject matter expertise and provide that to you? Because in the end, we want to be that trusted advisor, that broker of capabilities um, to to help drive revenue, to help drive business and and lift all the ships in the in the bay. Right. So... Um, we referenced earlier the more or less 300 or so OEMs. There's a variety of companies that that really want to enter the market on their own terms. We both, we all know this really isn't going to occur. So um, how do you deal with this? <laughs> <laughs> Great question. Um, I deal with it by spending a, a lot of time on it. And, and I, I, I joke a little bit because we welcome this. Um, but what, what I, what I see and what I say when I, when I come across this is, is typically you'll get, uh, companies who maybe originate their technology on another coast, um, and they bring it here and they assume that great technology is going to lead to great success and great pipeline, um, as soon as, you know, the agencies get you know, their hands on it. Uh, and the guidance that we give is, is it takes far more than that. Um, but that's a role that, that we like to play, right? We can help with that, that first consulting, we can help you enter into this marketplace because there's simple things that, that just get missed, whether it be, you know, foci concerns or who's, you know, representing the products here locally, uh, contract access, uh, you know, making sure that, you know, all the DFAR requirements are completed. That, that is something we don't expect every single OEM out there to have uh, on complete lock. Um, and, and that is, again, when I talk about enabling the channel, that's one of the roles that I think a primary role that we play, right? We, we can help guide, um, educate, and navigate on behalf of, of these OEM partners into, into this space. Um, and selfishly, there's a great benefit for us in doing that because that allows us to be, you know, close to some of the emerging technologies. The, the other bit of advice that I give is if you're going to introduce something now, right, in, in October of this year, um, you're not going to probably see pipeline in December or January, uh, getting these companies acclimated to the budget cycles, um, the buying process and the buying requirements, uh, that, that counseling sessions that we, that we do for that, um, is also another important role we play. Yeah. Go ahead, Rita. I was going to say, and it's, and it's the relationships, right, Troy? I mean, when you have a new, uh, OEM that comes in from the West coast, perhaps, how do we get them teamed with the right partners that can get them the right access to the correct contracts that maybe already have relationships in those agencies that who, you know, as much as what, you know, I think can be very vital to success in this industry. No, oh, well put. And again, I'll go back and if I've mentioned it four times, I'll make it five. Um, this this partner first strategy, 
Right. So again, technology doesn't fit just, you know, every single application or every single partner that's out there. Right. So we spend a lot of time on, on the, the information and the, and the profiling of planning that we do around our partners to make sure that we're bringing the right technology to the right, the right segment at the right time. Yeah. But, you know, the, the concept that, um, oh, we already have a GSA schedule. We just want you to sell from it for us. You know, there, there's still that perpetual myth out there that Schedule 70 or, you know, for services, the corp schedule is is going to open all the doors necessary. And, you know, they have never heard of a GWAC, an IDIQ, a MAC. They don't know what soup is from Campbell's, um, <laughs> you know, uh, on, on down the line. Um, and and the, the learning curve for some of them seems to stop as soon as you mention other contracts. It, it does. And I think that, again, a lot of the, you know, the opportunities that are uninformed, um, and you said it, right? The minute that they mention GSA or they mention, they mention the fact that we can get them on GSA, you know, they think that that's the, the Shangri-La, the panacea that's going to solve everything for them. Um, so the education is a big part of it, right? Because we hold or have access or partner with several contracts, so part of that that interviewing process or that qualification process with these suppliers is where do you want to go? Where do your products fit? Uh, where would you have an ancillary technology that you would work with? And we'll try to craft our message around that. But you you said it, and I hear this in these new conversations a lot, is I got to get access to GSA. And my first question typically is why? Why do you have to have access to GSA? We'll get you there if you want to be there. That comes with its own set of requirements and responsibilities. But let's look at some other contracts. And again, it goes back to that qualification process. Um, and it's just, it's an opportunity, again, to work with the uninformed. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> you know, when, when you explain to somebody the, the uh, paperwork and time it takes to get on GSA versus the time it takes to get on SOUP, they they going, well, why is that? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll avoid contract bias, um, but you're you're absolutely right. And again, it, it, once you go through that that step by step process with them and find out where they go, it, it may again circle back to GSA. And a lot of our enterprise uh, suppliers, you know, will ask us to work with them on on multiple vehicles, and, and we'll definitely do that. But um, for the new and emerging technologies, again, qualifying them. And going through that that contract capture process, I think is a big value of that, and, and quite honestly, a little bit of an underestimated value that we play in the marketplace. Absolutely, you know, we're the broker of capabilities in that way, and and very often we see a company that is very established, perhaps um, perhaps elsewhere on the globe, perhaps in the commercial side, and they'll come into it saying, "Well, this is the way we do business, so this is the way we're going to do business with the federal government." And sometimes you just have to remind them that if the federal government were a private entity, it would be fortune one. So no, you're probably not going to dictate to them how you're going to do business with them. They're going to more dictate to you. Um, and, and I do want to just kind of maybe close that topic out by saying if, if you're within the sound of my voice, uh, we welcome these opportunities. So by no means are we dissuading this. Uh, and we, we encourage this. Um, but you do need an expert on your side if you're going to enter into this marketplace. Absolutely. And fortunately, you have one in Amex Group. Yeah, I, I have several complaints on uh, my book, Selling to the Government, because the first thing I say in the book is that 95% of the companies who come into the market will leave within a year and they'll blame everybody but themselves. 
Um, <clears throat> and, and you know, there's some of the reviews going, well, I, I, I bought this book hoping that it would tell me how. Well, it does tell you how and just setting the expectations in a way that if you don't follow the right roadmap, you're going to be one of the vacators. So um, for what it's worth. Well, and that's why we've we've built the team that we've built. You know, we've got a great contracts team. We've got a great legal team. We have a fabulous sales team. The expertise that we have there, we really can help guide these companies and how can you be successful in this market. And, and not to interrupt you, but there are other companies that will advertise that they, they can do that, and I'm sure that they can. But the benefit of partnering with us is that we become partners in, in that sales cycle, right? So we're in the order flow. And for lack of a better analogy, we're eating our own dog food when it comes to that, that concept of we're going to market with you. So what we tell you around the, the, the compliance and the, and the, the regulatory um, portion of it, we're living that with you. So we're not just consulting from afar. Uh, we're, we're in this process and in this go-to-market strategy with you. Cool. Well, we'll take a break on that. You're listening to Amtower Off Center on Federal News Radio, and we're part of the Federal News Network. Back right after this. Welcome back to Amtower Off Center on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Um, we've been talking about the summit the whole time. So, govitsalessummit.com govitsalesummit.com. Uh, go there and register now. This thing will sell out. And it, it uh, you know, MX doesn't want to limit the number of people. However, you know, the, the hotel and the fire marshal the seem fire to marshal have has, some, yeah. uh, some yeah, issues some about population in an enclosed space or something along those lines. Um, so I, I want to go back to something you said in the first segment, Troy, you used the phrase difference makers and the, the number one, it's a new phrase for me. I like it a lot. So I'm probably going to borrow it, but I will cite my source. <laughs> um, that's important to me as a writer. Um, but here's my take on that. The summit is filled with difference makers. Companies let people go to full-day events only in those instances where they're going to get a maximum ROI on that time. So whether you're an agency salesperson, a marketing person, business development person, uh, vice president of operations, CEO of a small firm, all of these people are difference makers, not only for their companies, but for the agencies they serve and the partner ecosystem that they operate in. And that's one of the, the cool things about an event like the Government IT Sales Summit. They don't, these events don't occur often. And I, I'd say do it every month, but don't. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh, you want to kill me, Mark? Rita says no, too. <laughs> I, I, I understand limited resources. I also understand what it takes to put on an event that size. I've, I've screwed up a couple, fortunately, a long time ago. Uh, very expensive for me, too. <laughs> we won't go there. I hate to pick that scab. But, but uh, you know, Troy, tell, tell me what your take on these different makers is and why does the summit attract them sure and i i think that i'd start by saying you, you nailed it to me this is not specific a difference maker to me is not specific to a title um and i and i you see them in you know all different levels of of an organization and they're not specific to 
to a partner and they're not specific to a supplier, actually to the, to the actual agencies. Um, but these are the people who are, are making the informed decisions, right, on behalf of their companies. And, and I, I like how you put that, right? Th- these are the people that want to attend this event, right? These are the people that are, are going there to, to, to learn something new, uh, to, to make a new connection. And again, I've seen this in you know, my career, and I've seen it you know, here specifically and as a result of, of the summit. Right? And, and a difference maker to me is someone who's actually learning from the information. Right, We spend a lot of time on our MI briefings, um, and the difference makers are the ones that take that information, ingest that, and use that. Uh, the difference makers are the ones that are going out of their way to make a connection with you know, a net new supplier or or supplier rep that's that's going out of the way to make connection with a partner because they may have a specific relationship um, with an agency. So all of these events, when we go to them, I, I think I've got three of them coming up over the next four weeks that I'm going to attend. Um, it's what you it's what you get out of them, right? It's not what's presented to you, but it's what you take away from them that's going to help you again make those informed decisions. And that that to me is, and I can identify a decision maker from from a country mile. Um, and, and we're blessed to have a lot of them that voluntarily attend our summit, um, you know, to, to, again, gain that knowledge and that insight. You know, it's an interesting you say voluntarily attend. It's not like, you know, people are sitting around the uh, sales meeting, the person with a short straw has to go. <laughs> yeah, it's not an obligatory thing to go over there and make yeah. sure that you're just doing the networking or just seeing the MI briefings. Right. Now, we'll have people who duck in, duck out for certain portions of it. Um, but the difference makers are typically coming from the pool of people there that, you know, for opening remarks all the way through the, uh, the networking portion of it. Um, that, that's where I see most of them at least. Absolutely. And, and for some of our sponsors, we do host uh, partner focused dinners the evening before and the evening of summit. And again, those were some of those conversations continue and, you know, you hit on earlier, Mark, and it's so true. There are a lot of resources out there, you know, the blogs, all that stuff that's written, podcasts. There's a great deal of information, and these difference makers will be smart. They will get smart. They will leverage all of those different resources. But then really to bring it to its fruition, that face-to-face meeting, that's what really builds and strengthens the relationships. It shouldn't be on its own in a vacuum, but if you take all that information that you've gathered and then when you come face-to-face with that person, you can have that educated conversation, that's when the face-to-face event like the Government IT Sales Summit really delivers its impact and really helps companies drive their business. Yeah, and that that's why I would encourage people to register now because, again, uh, it will sell out. It yes. sells out every year. And, you know, if you don't get a ticket, you can't get in. <laughs> exactly. And and again, we've looked for a bigger venue, but um, feedback from all of our surveys, people want us to keep it in Northern Virginia. And the Reston Hyatt Regency is the largest venue in Northern Virginia. So that's where we are. Registration's open. We have a few sponsorships left, not very many, but... Uh, if you want to get in front of the right partners, in front of the right systems integrators, complementary suppliers, you know, you, you you need to be at the summit. Cool. You got any government exhibitors this year? Any which government? Government agencies. No, we try to keep this industry focused. Okay. And then we have the government, of course, take part as yeah. panelists. We work with a number of different agencies. And this is really an opportunity for those agencies to, rather than speak to 
and have meetings with maybe, you know, 12 to 15 different manufacturers to talk about what their initiatives are and where mm-hmm. they need help from industry, they can say it once to this group of people and uh, save themselves a bunch of different meetings. So it's really an opportunity for government also to let industry know where their needs are, where they can help, where they can drive assistance. Cool. And, and we do that specifically. I mean, um, again, not to make relative compares, but when you do these events or you go to these events, it's typically the main meeting room. Everybody sits there um, and you have speaker after speaker. The reason why we do the breakouts is to kind of get the variety in the content, the variety in the speakers, you know, allow the participants and the attendees to pick and choose what they want. Um, that's where we'll get the, you know, the, the, the government portion of it and get the govies in there. Um, but we don't, we don't do this again, main stage for that particular reason is, is variety. Exactly. We want to make sure that all of these different, you know, there's so many different areas of interest within the agencies and we want to make sure that we're addressing as many of them as we can. Yep. Troy, final thoughts. No, I mean, we, we covered a lot of ground here today. I know we talked about the summit, um, which is obviously top of mind for us right now. It's a great event. And I think we've, you know, discussed why it is. Uh, specifically, if you're, you know, one of our partners that we've talked to or talked about, um, and you want to get more information on that, feel free to reach out to your to your MX, um sales teams. Um, but I did want to just circle back again on this this concept of you know what our role is in in the channel, uh, and our role is one of enablement, and that is not specific to it being a partner or it being a supplier or it being the federal government themselves. Uh, the role we play is is enabling this channel. Um, and our concept and our tagline of partner first will continue because that that's incredibly important to me is to be recognized as that that safe haven and that 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 bastion of trust out there when it comes to partnering with MX, um, you you know what you're going to get so predictability um, is key on that. Um, the only other thought I would say and it tags on to what we're talking about. I know the amount of work, uh, effort, passion, and dedication it goes to pulling off this event and not just pulling off this event. But uh, executing it, in my opinion, flawlessly. Uh, so I, I want to publicly thank Rita and her entire oh. team for a, <laughs> for another go around and looking forward to a, uh, just a fantastic uh, summit. Well, thank you. I love it. Your final thought? I just want to see everybody there. I, I love the Government IT Sales Summit. I, I look forward to seeing all old friends and acquaintances and making new ones. So, yes, please, by all means, Mark, thank you for, again, uh, taking part on our marketing panel in the morning. Sure. Looking forward to seeing you there and seeing it's everybody at the blast. summit. <laughs> www.govitsalesummit.com. Great. Thank you both for coming in. This is not my day job. I do advise people or people and companies on all aspects of marketing to the government, particularly uh, content marketing, thought leadership development, and social networking, particularly LinkedIn. And to that end, uh, on the 4th, 5th, and 6th of December, I'll be uh, on the 4th in Howard County, and the 5th in Bethesda, and the 6th in Tyson's with the all-new LinkedIn for GovCon. It's all new because you all know that LinkedIn has been screwing with it again, and I needed to rewrite the entire session. So hope to see you there. You can find information on my blog at federaldirect.net. And thank you for listening to Amtower Off Center. You've been listening to Amtower Off Center on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Tune in Mondays at noon or subscribe to this show on iTunes or Podcast One.